Hi, this is Ashi Bachu, founder and CEO of MC Squared Health. I'm happy to be here with uh, Dr. Edward Kaptarian, is the uh, CEO and chairman for Orbit Health Telepsychiatry. Ed, so great to have you here with us. Thanks, Ashi. Great to be here. Ed, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself as well as your company, Orbit Health? Okay, great. Yeah, I'm a psychiatrist and I am a uh, advocate of telepsychiatry. And I've been in telepsychiatry for over 10 years. I uh, developed the telepsychiatry program for the state of California prison system. So it allowed uh, doctors from all over the state of California to see patients in facilities uh, all over. Uh, and uh, in my current role, I'm the chairman and CEO of, of a telepsychiatry company called Orbit Health. And we serve correctional facilities, community mental health uh, centers, hospitals, clinics, inpatient and outpatient, and we're finding it uh, a really rewarding experience to meet the, the challenge of delivering care to underserved populations. Wonderful. Thanks so much for that uh, introduction. Ed, why don't we just go ahead and start really broad. Um, do you see uh, telehealth as essential to healthcare? Um, in the case that is it an improvement or a substitution to in-person care, how do you, how do you think about the role of telehealth within the healthcare system? Yeah, so I think that the, the word telehealth and telemedicine, those are going to be words that are not used in a few years because telehealth is just going to be how we do, how it's going to be a part of how we do healthcare. And I, I believe that it, telehealth used to be considered an option, you know, a convenience, but at this point, I think we need to consider it a necessity. Because we're seeing here with this global pandemic that one of the only ways that you can actually get healthcare without putting yourself at great risk of going to a hospital or clinic is through telehealth. So it's going from becoming a convenience to now a necessity. And in fact, it's a, a way that you can think of a, a telehealth is that it's a safety net for our society because when we, we're not able to access healthcare through uh, physical means, we can do it virtually. That's fascinating. And I mean, within telehealth, are there certain kinds of treatments or practices that you think telehealth is actually better than in-person care? I think a lot of the way that folks are thinking about COVID and, and telecare right now is that it's until we can be back in person and see patients and providers in clinics. But are there places where uh, you think folks could potentially realize, hey, uh, this is actually much better than the system that we had before, and why don't we stick with telehealth uh, going forward? Yeah, you know, I tend not to try and compare on-site care versus telehealth and say which one's better, which one's worse. I think that there there are areas where telehealth uh, is a challenge, but but there are areas where telehealth actually is an advantage. But there's no point in really comparing the two because uh, oftentimes there's no in-person option. So to say that, oh, gosh, telehealth is worse than on-site care, so why should we do it? Oftentimes there is no on-site care and telehealth is the only option. But to more directly answer your question, there are specific advantages of telehealth over on-site care, many of them actually. One of them is the convenience, the, the fact that the patient and the doctor don't have to travel 
geographic distances in order to see each other. So you can meet the demand without the travel. And that means that you can deploy resources in a really strategic way. So for example, I can see a patient in California in the morning and then patients in Texas in uh, the afternoon because I have a Texas and California license. So that gives us opportunities to address the healthcare shortages um, all over the country in a, in a much more intelligent and strategic fashion. Also, I think as far as the clinical visit, a lot of patients prefer telehealth over on-site uh, because it feels less intimidating, it feels more comfortable, and in fact, people find it to be an enjoyable experience. So there are many advantages to it. Ed, can you tell me a little bit more? I'd love to hear about the advantages of uh, telehealth, you know, based on the experiences that you've had with Orbit Health and the team that you're leading? Happy to. You know, there are so many advantages that I had not even considered when I first started in telehealth a decade ago. Um, and as I do it and as, as our providers do it, we learn about all of the great ways that it distinguishes itself from on-site care in positive ways. You know, the most obvious one would be that yeah, the doctor and the patient can avoid traffic, and you don't have to traverse huge geographic distances in order to match the provider with the patient. Uh, having a comfortable environment is, is also a huge advantage. A lot of providers prefer to work in their home offices or comfortable locations rather than going into uh, maybe unpredictable or unsafe situations like maybe a psychiatric emergency department or an area like uh, like corrections where the environment may not be clean and may be perceived as dangerous. So telehealth really uh, cuts through all of that and allows the doctor and the patient to have a session without any of that trouble. Uh, you can d deploy resources strategically. For example, you can have a doctor working in one part of the state in the morning and then the, and then the next then the afternoon in a completely different state or a different part of the state seeing different patients. And I think that part of this is also an ability to leverage time zones. So you can have a provider working dur during their day seeing patients that are located in other time zones where it's nighttime. And so the doctor can stay fresh seeing patients that are coming in overnight in an ED, for example. It also allows you to avoid unnecessary transportation of patients. So if you have a patient in a nursing home who has an issue, you can resolve that issue without having to put that patient in transport that can put them at risk of injury. It can cause delays in care. It can be expensive. And probably most importantly, doctors and patients really love it and believe that it's part of the future. So there are tons of advantages. I think there's still a role for on-site care, but I think that it's essential that we take advantage of all of these positive aspects of telehealth. That makes a lot of sense. And I imagine in a behavioral health space where being comfortable speaking about potentially vulnerable subjects, comfort on the, the patient or client side is extremely important. So that does, that does resonate quite a bit. We've had previous conversations, and you believe that the telehealth barriers have been 
pretty arbitrary. What does that mean? Do you have any examples or, or stories that you can tell about that? Yeah, I think the, the biggest example of that is the Centers for Medicaid and Medicare Services, CMS. And prior to this pandemic, for years, they had uh, very restrictive uh, policies and regulations around who can qualify to be seen by a telehealth provider, what types of providers uh, are qualified to provide care, and the different codes that are involved. And through a lot of lobbying work, we were, we were able to get CMS to move toward more and more toward telehealth. But then when this pandemic happened, it just changed everything. So all of those restrictive policies, not all of them, but a lot of them were either waived or modified or temporarily suspended. And now everybody's seeing that, that this is actually a really good thing that we have access to to providers and to healthcare. And it makes you wonder, well, if it's okay like this, then why would anyone want to go back to the old rules where you have to be restricted to a certain geographic area and other requirements that don't actually make a whole lot of sense when all you're trying to do is provide great care to patients. What what effects do you think COVID will have kind of on these kind of archaic existing barriers at the federal level? Uh, I mean, we've seen that telehealth has been increasingly used as a result of COVID. Do you think that this is going to result in any structural changes in terms of policy and legislation? So I think the most important thing is that people all of a sudden realize how essential it is that we allow telehealth to grow and to flourish. And I believe that it's going to be very hard for policymakers and politicians uh, to go back to how it was before because that's going to be very unpopular with patients and providers. So I do believe that there will be some backpedaling into the old regulations, but I, I believe that there are going to be some areas where we've made permanent gains. And uh, so I'm really excited about that. And I think, you know, the silver lining in this pandemic is that it's going to be changing. It's, it's changing and transforming healthcare. Do you think remote screening of COVID is possible to reduce risk of exposure? I'm, you know, Orbit Health doesn't see COVID patients actively, but I imagine that you have a, a lot of insight into the possibilities of what you can do in terms of initial screening of symptoms for a patient who might be presenting with something that looks like COVID. What could those potential services, what might that interaction look like? Yeah, and I would just clarify that we do see patients that may have the virus. Most of what we do is mental health care, but uh, so many people actually have the virus now that we do end up seeing them. But I think that telehealth and what we do as a company uh, to see patients remotely is really helpful in order to screen people such that they don't need to expose themselves to other patients uh, or the provider. So I think, I think it does have a role. Ed, your team with Orbit Health works remotely. What advice would you give to healthcare teams that are transitioning to working remotely as a result of COVID or are considering to moving remotely in terms of their work going forward? Yeah, so I would recommend uh, jump in, jump right in and be brave about it. But I, I also think that you need to uh, understand what you're missing um, from a virtual visit. So. Um, anything that's outside the frame of the camera 
is information that you may not have. And so it's helpful to establish a really strong relationship with the people on site. Uh, if you're working for a facility, the telepresenter, the person who presents the patient to, camera, uh, to the camera can be a really great source of uh, collateral information about the patient uh, and to tell you what's going on in the patient's environment. Um, if you're seeing a patient directly and there's nobody else there, then you, you do want to be aware of the patient's environment. Also, as far as collaborating with other members of the team, you know, frequent communication establishes a feeling of connection. So even though I work remotely and I work by myself, I'm not really by myself because I'm constantly talking to team members and others in coordination of patient care. So it's all about how you create a community, uh, a virtual community, rather than, I mean, to, to take the place of an on-site community. And okay. we're approaching the end of our time. You know, I'd love to hear any closing thoughts that you have uh, related to telehealth, COVID. You know, what is on your mind uh, as we look into the future? The silver lining for COVID-19 pandemic is that it's transforming healthcare completely. And it's been many years since I've been advocating for telepsychiatry and telehealth. Uh, but now suddenly, everybody is seeing the benefits. And I would say it's important to keep that momentum going and to think even beyond telepsychiatry and think about other ways where we can make healthcare more efficient, more accessible, and higher quality. So let's take this momentum and completely change how healthcare is done in a positive way. Ed, it's been a pleasure speaking with you. Thanks so much for joining us on this episode. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, Helen.